the good, the bad, and the Boucherian. The good, the bad, and the Boucherian. And folks, you're listening to the good, the bad, and the Boucherian. How do I put this? I daily deal with anxiety and OCD at this, uh, but it's really good. But I think they made me reach a point of utter desperation at some point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you're just looking for a way out. My God, I looked into astrology. I looked into crystals. I looked again in the Bible. At some point, I wanted to be an, a Muslim. I was just looking for a way out, like a solution. People can love me. If I am useless, I'm not, I, I am not in any place in people's lives. So sometimes even when I don't really feel like talking, I feel really guilty for not calling my friends. And I'm like, I, I'm also going through something and... Instead of now taking the time to take care of myself so that I can get out of that rut and and communicate with my friends and tell them what was up, I spent the whole time just saying the way I'm a bad friend and no one will love me because I'm just ah, it was a bad time at the first quarter of the year was bad. <laughs> and I'm like I failed once and then maybe one of my parents is telling me. Uh, you used to be a good girl. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, at that point when that happened and I felt the way I felt, I realized uh-uh, a lot of my validation is really dependent on these parents and it's not like they don't they care even. It's your boy Billy and we're back at it with another episode. Hope you guys are keeping well, keeping safe amidst the pandemic and things are going well on your side as they are on mine. And today my guest in the studio is Rehema Mudeo, a law student, a writer. And today she'll talk to us about a lot about mental health, a lot about her experience with journaling, with meditation. Because, you know, we hear a lot about these things, but sometimes it's very hard to put it into, to see the practical bit of it. So, Rehema, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay, and you? I'm good. How was your day? Oh, I don't know. Tiring. It was a good day, honestly. Yeah. I had fun. Where'd you go? I went to church. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, actually, today I didn't go to church. I stayed. Yeah. I remember that was a good day. I stayed at home and I kind of like did almost 40 minutes of meditation. So it was really good. Mm-hmm. And I journaled and then I later met my friends and then my friend invited me for lunch and then later we met other friends. And then I came back home and then I find the food to meet. So like the day is optimal. <laughs> So, for you, what does your journaling and meditation entail? Um, it's just, um, I go to YouTube, basically. I have a playlist where 
every other day of the week i try a new meditation and if it's good i put it on my playlist so that on normal days i just go to youtube sometimes i check with myself i hope that is self explanatory to be honest so i just mm-hmm. check with myself and see what is it i feel i need sometimes i feel like i need to be grounded i feel like my head is not in the right headspace and so i just do meditations for grounding other times i feel like i'm being not really optimistic or not embracing positive thinking and so i have i found really good meditations on youtube for that mhm yeah and like anyone who's a beginner at meditating like me guided meditations are really good like you can be in the beginner stage sometimes so even more than an year really? for me it's, mm-hmm. yeah it's i began regularly meditating in march um this year so it's not been that long that meditation has become my practice practice so yeah and youtube has really really good guided meditations so so it's just you check in with this i have um anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, some anxiety uh how do i put this i ju- daily deal with anxiety and ocd at this uh, and but it's really good but i think they made me reach a point of utter desperation at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're just looking for a way out my god i looked for into astrology i looked into crystals i looked again in the bible at some point i wanted to be an, a muslim i was just looking for a way out like a solution and then i started therapy and mm-hmm. then unpacking all those things in therapy made me realize that um okay maybe actually meditating is helpful i've heard of meditation before i read this book called ikigai the secret the japanese secret to happiness i've also mm. read the alchemist and i've i've read yogabada so after reading these three books as like the common denominator here is like meditation to gain self awareness but not really self awareness sometimes meditation makes you feel, makes you know and understand how small and insignificant that you can be in the grand scheme of things and it's very humbling and vitu zingine ndogo ndogo they stop muttering once mm. you begin meditating but it's a process it's it won't be that um at you start meditating like now and then in the next few months you will see the difference yeah but it really would be it won't be like like you see the difference between black and white it will be like the difference between cream and gray sometimes over a uh, not cream and gray cream and white the difference is small but it's it expands as you go on over a long long period of time i would recommend meditation to anyone but if you're beginning maybe guided meditations are really good yeah and the only way to know how to check in with yourself is through journaling you just um you just write your feelings to be honest you see my journal has a format 
So it's like I have the side that I write in the morning and I have a side that I write in the evening. In the morning, mm. it's more of like a gratitude list. I, I found these templates on Pinterest and I tried different ones until I found the one that worked for me. And so I like write three things that I'm grateful for this morning, how I can show up for myself today. And basically that show up thing, it's the hardest part of my morning journal because I don't know what it means some days. Mm. Some days it means um, showing up for, in terms of your career. Sometimes it means showing up in terms of your inner being. Sometimes it means showing up in your relationships. And sometimes it means you need to show up in all those ways. But like how it feels overwhelming. So that's literally the most difficult part of my, of my, of my journey. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I write, I am like the affirmation of the day. I am whatever. And like some days I, I do need a mantra that I can say to myself every day because I can get so down sometimes, um, like for no reason. I'm just sad or I'm unmotivated. And so I've learned that in the morning when my mind is clearer is when I can tell like figure out what I need for the day and figure out what to tell to say to myself when I feel like I'm losing hope. And then after that there's usually a column that I feel in the evening that is like I'm happy these three things happened today. And I I never lack content by the way. And <laughs> looking at yeah. it in that way is like uh-huh. it's like okay really good things happen to me every day and also bad things happen to me every day and those things go into that gratitude list for the evening because I think I've learned some mistakes and some bad things that we do they are you can always learn something from your circumstance and so that's why I put them there but someone was telling me that's intellectualizing my feelings and I'm like okay I don't know now (laughs) I don't know yeah, I don't know. I how do you even figure out that you're intellectualizing your feelings? I don't anyway. So after that, I do read my Bible every day and I do devotion on the Bible app and I do that in the morning, and that's the next part of my journal, and that's the one side of my notebook. And then on the other side now I feel in the evening, but really the format of that evening is very um when I feel like I don't feel like journaling, I do have a template that I I go to. But normally, my journal is like a classic student writing what happened during the day. Like, that's it. And sometimes, because I am a grown-up, I'm not a classic student. I, I, I write lessons that I learned or how I viewed myself that day or some something bad I learned about myself that day and I learn and I write things that I want to change about maybe like something I learned for about myself in an interaction and then I, I, I just maybe tell myself I give it time sometimes I do have things that I can do but they don't always work but I make sure that I write I write them regardless it doesn't matter I feel like when I write 
when I journal in the evening in a form of a narrative, it's, mm-hmm. and then you read it back to yourself. Like I, I'm looking forward to reading my 2022 journals next year on my birthday because I've done that every birthday of mine since 2018. And there is a stark difference between me in 2018 and me now. Like, it's, it's, sometimes I'm reading, I'm like, I can't believe this is what was bothering me back in 2019. And mm. you really appreciate the growth that you've gone through. And I never, ever burn my journals unless I reach a point where and I need to maybe get rid of the past life. Because sometimes, because you hold so much in the books, you feel like you can't move on. So that's the only way I'd burn my journals, but I enjoy reading through them. They are so encouraging. So yeah. like, you've not now I wanted to again talk a bit about more about uh, the mm-hmm. discipline with journaling because a lot of us have tried, but I think that's the hardest part about journaling. Like yeah. you know, doing it once a day, the discipline it takes is a lot. Yeah. You know, so definitely about that and also. Uh, what has been the same way you've had uh, uh, the hardest part of your journaling, what has been the yeah. hardest affirmation for you to internalize? Because, you know, sometimes we, obviously, the way you've been brought up, interactions, school, home, whatnot, yeah. sometimes you pick insecurities, traumas, and all that from everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. So for you, what has been the hardest affirmation? to internalize wow. and actually you know you tell yourself every day deep down you how are me yeah it's been for you <laughs> and how you dealt with that yeah <laughs> yeah okay let me start with the journaling because i think that's easier this second question is loaded at least for me um <laughs> but the journaling um i think i realized the reason why i was not disciplined in journaling is because i was imagining some perfect way to journal and you're like if I don't journal like this I've not really journaled um like for example maybe when you're journaling you kind of want to have a you want to if you write less than a page maybe you feel some type of way or you feel like you're silly another Mm -hmm. thing is being you feel like you're silly like writing in the in the book and it's kind of being like ashamed or embarrassed but one thing i ask myself is am i really being embarrassed being by myself mm-hmm. writing in a journal you know because when i truly examined that statement uh, maybe you're feeling like you don't want a journal because you're like that's i've had people tell me they can't do it because at a, it feels childish you yeah it's like you're telling me a book, your stories. And if someone sends my journals, my life is over, literally, because I write everything there. And so I feel like for me, it's been helpful to put a scale of how I can show up. So yeah. that scale has differed over the years. At some point, it was like, if I write one sentence, I have, I have journaled. Uh, I had a friend 
we were doing some journaling challenge with her, 30 days of just prompts, what you can journal that day. And she told me that for her, the narrative form of journaling is so hard. Like, I, I, I really don't understand the difficulty, but she did tell me it was hard. And she told me that when she journals, she journals with bullet points. And I'm like, how creative. Mm. You can just sit and write number one, number two number three and that's that that's still journaling so it's like really really short entries like for example maybe someone stepped on your shoe and you they were really expensive shoes and it really made you angry and you lashed out at them and so sometimes now me if i'm journaling because i journal in narrative forms i like write the whole thing even with the sceneries sometimes not all the time because sometimes i don't have time but mostly if I have the chance, I will journal with everything. But in bullet form, you'll just write, someone said to my show, I was really angry. I lashed out. I wonder what this says about me. Or, but no, do not ask it. <laughs> That's what I said, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really valid. But sometimes you lash, you lash out or maybe you act in ways that you don't want to act. That's what I'm trying to say. So bullet, journaling with bullet points is also makes it easier. Um, making sure that whether you write one sentence, I'm sad today. Sometimes I do that. I'm like, I'm sad today, we'll explain tomorrow. And yeah, that's it. And if I don't explain tomorrow, that's fine. I really don't even want to remember why I'm sad that day. Also, I recommend getting a colorful notebook because it's sometimes color maybe repulses people. But for me, having colorful notebooks has really um um made me want to journal more because it's there it's on my desk and that's another thing do not hide away the journal whenever you see it i don't know whether that's the definition of exposure therapy but i would call it that when you see your journal there you just be like okay i need to journal and in the back of your mind you understand that there's no perfect way of journaling and um I can just sit down and write one second. Cause because the important thing to build is the habit. Once you build the habit, it will be like sometimes you'd want to journal and it will reach five pages or three pages, you know. But and then other times you not feel like journaling. Another thing I've also found that helped is templates on templates on Pinterest. They are really helpful. Just go to Pinterest and search weekly journals. There's a Pinterest. There's there's millions of templates there for you that you can try until you find a fit. There's also uh, templates for daily journals. That's now aside from bullet journaling, when I'm I don't feel like journaling, I'd write just one sentences, I'd write bullet points, and sometimes I'd use templates. I already have a template that I use when I'm not feeling like journaling. And it just basically begins with today I feel, and I feel today was a dash day because, and then that's mostly why well, where I'll write the reasons why I feel the way I feel, or the reasons why I'm so happy and excited, or the reasons why I'm very frustrated, like just things surrounding that that thing, or like the most, most important aspects of your day. And mm-hmm. then, the next part would be, I. This made me feel, or I feel, and then you just write how it made you feel, 
And then the next part of my template is I can improve on. Some days I don't really have anything that I can say I can improve. So those days I congratulate myself for affirming or taking a change that I wanted to. Like for me, snoozing my alarm is the worst habit. Is like my worst, worst habit. So uh. when... When when I don't snooze my alarm on I can on that part or I can yeah. I think we need to really think train ourselves to think highly of ourselves, not in a very delusional way, but in a realistic way. Because I usually ask myself, um if I tell myself I'm ugly and I tell myself I am beautiful, telling myself I'm ugly does not serve me in any way. And I yeah. feel like leaving that template to just filter your thoughts and think highly of yourself so that your place here, yeah, I can improve. You don't end up berating yourself at like every time. Like, you know, having that, it's having, I can improve sometimes. It can be like very pressuring. Like you have to improve every day. I don't think you do. Sometimes I can improve, does have content, but I can improve sometimes, does not have content. It's just me telling myself that I, I did promise myself I put a good job here, and I did, and that's great. And then after that, I put I'm grateful for, and then I, I put I am, again, another affirmation. I think that's what I'd say for journaling, but the most important thing is the habit just journal every day the one sentence whatever it is just open your notebook take your pen write that's it until you build the habit it's in your mind that at this time i'm supposed to be journaling sometimes you will have content and that's for real yeah and then there was the affirmation on okay before you go to affirmation i just want to comment Mm -hmm. that i love how Mm. you just talked about it's a lot of discipline and yeah. even just telling us that it didn't have to be the same every day because a lot of us suffer with not journaling because we don't we want perfection so we think we're yeah. supposed to write millions of paragraphs every day and some days it's okay to just you know as you said write a sentence and uh, yeah that's fine so mm, interesting yeah. Uh-huh. yeah okay the affirmations on i just had a very enlightening conversation with a friend about how we process love and all those things and i feel for me the hardest affirmation to to like to accept especially this year is that i am loved um Mm -hmm. yeah that's been really hard and despite me having people around me who tell me every day that i am loved it's just so difficult to believe that it's unconditional love at least for my closest friends, I can attest that it's unconditional love. Like sometimes I feel like I have to do something so that people can love me. If I am useless, I'm not I I am not in any place in people's lives. So sometimes even when I don't really feel like talking, I feel really guilty for not calling my friends. And I'm like, I, I'm also going through something and Instead of now taking the time to take care of myself so that I can get out of that rut and and communicate with my friends and tell them what was up, 
I spent the whole time just saying the way I'm a bad friend and no one will love me because I'm just, ah, uh, it was a bad time at the first quarter of the year was bad. <laughs> and hey. that's when, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's when most of my thoughts were just like, ah, oh, I don't want to think about it. I've been through it and I passed it and that's amazing. But I think that's the most difficult affirmation that I that I find difficult to believe. I feel like I have to, and I don't know, maybe it's, it's I am 100% sure it does stem from my childhood, but today is not the day that I will talk about my childhood. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. it does stem from, from my childhood and having to feel like if I wasn't useful in any way or if I wasn't excelling academically or if I didn't go call to like a good high school, a good university, no one will ever love me. And this has been reaffirmed like so many times when maybe I have failed mm. and I'm like I failed once and then maybe one of my parents is telling me, ah, you used to be a good girl. And I'm like, oh my God. Ugh, at that point when that happened and I felt the way I felt, I realized uh uh-uh. a lot of my validation is really dependent on these parents and it's not like they don't they care even. So that's that was the beginning of my journey to detach from uh, there's so many things, just so many things and I can say that now my validation comes from myself, even though some days we do need validation for our friends. Some days we don't believe ourselves. You're like, I I know I am smart. I know I am confident. I know I am courageous. You know those things. So, but sometimes you don't know them. In fact, you're feeling like you are lying to yourself. So those days we need our friends to tell us. Yeah. And I, yeah, but, and then now you contact those friends sometimes. They tell you, baby, baby, you know, you're this. Yes, yes, don't question yourself, whatever, whatever. And then when the call ends, you're like, maybe they're just saying, just saying that so that I don't feel bad. Maybe this, <laughs> it's been really hard. And I was talking to my friend, well, now I think an enlightening thing that I started working on is I keep on giving... I think anyone who's ever like gone for some sort of therapy for their for their attachment style and you know you have anxious attachment just look at sometimes how you want to prove to, you, to yourself or to that that person loves you I call it setting tests for people sometimes you're like um I'm going to call this person and they don't love me and then they don't speak. And then you find out, you tell yourself, they don't love me. But then later when they call you back, they tell you, um, I was just cooking. I wasn't. So for, for me, that has been something that I have been struggling with. Sometimes even in my relationship, I'm like, if this person doesn't call me, Yani Anipendi. And you know, at least I learned that, and I stopped. At, I'm I'm trying to no. I've, I'm I'm having a good success rate in curbing that behavior. <laughs> I don't do that thing. If you've gone to therapy, and maybe you know about attachment styles, it's like um, 
anxious attachment i am an anxious anxious attacher or sometimes hmm, fearful about i'm more fearful avoidant but fearful anxious can cross with each other as i learned in therapy so if you have this kind of thing you usually want so sometimes you'll be like i will i will call this person and if they do not pick up they don't love me and mm. they don't mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then maybe i don't know if that's me only i really hope it's not because <laughs> but even if it's just me i'm happy to learn from other people mm. so sometimes i i would do that like previously i would do that and then they don't pick up and then i'm like aha uh-huh, they don't love me you know like and then they now they call me back later and then it will be like oh sorry i was cooking hmm everything is not about me so <laughs> i learned yeah. that everything is not about me sometimes people are just busy with their own lives ah anyway i i feel like that's a realization that i made way way into my adulthood but better late than never anyway so that among other things is like what i struggle with and i know for a fact all this is rooted in in my childhood and i decided or after getting good advice from my friend i decided to decenter like i don't to say the perpetrators of my trauma but that's just like so bizarre so let me just <laughs> <laughs> That's called a spade, a spade. Yeah. Or you can use a big spoon. <laughs> the, the people who did what they did so that I feel the way I feel now, as in, if I let them, if I let their actions control my life now in my adulthood, it just doesn't, it, I don't know. I just feel like the people who maybe inflicted wounds on us are very guilty and sometimes they do not deserve our forgiveness and they're definitely the one to blame for everything but the responsibility to heal from that is for you as a person because sometimes you you know sometimes maybe you can treat someone in a way yani wewe huko unaona kama ni shida but to them it was a problem and they tell you this and this happened and then you're like no it's just because you know my anxiety i feel like it's the responsibility of everyone to just try to work on their own wounds even though the perpetrators are guilty um it's your responsibility to lift yourself up I usually tell myself at least this works for me. I'm not sure if it's a good motivator, but it motivates me that if I don't work hard or I work on myself and give myself the most gentle and loving energy that I did not receive and heal my wounds that were caused by if I don't do that, then the perpetrators of my trauma they win and I just can it just cannot be like that. I have I just I just would feel or I feel good now that I'm working to release the pain and to release 
the learned behavior that is not really good when you're trying to form connections with people. One thing like me, I have terrible call anxiety. Like even recording this podcast, it was giving me, I've had to shower so that I can calm down and then just come and sit. Really? Uh-huh. Literally, even talking to my friends, it's like when I call them, it's, I, I just call it call anxiety. I don't know what's, what is it about phone calls. Sometimes I just like stare at my phone when it's ringing. I really do. I want to pick up the phone and talk to you, but it's like I'm breathless when mm. someone is calling. I don't know where that came from, but it's like a genuine fear of mine. Or maybe we're joining a Zoom call and I'm supposed to present. Okay, that's the reason why I've never presented ever in school, even though I know I'm a good public speaker. But why? I mm-mm. And then mm-mm. people start asking, the first ever presentation I made was at some your end-law journal event, and it was scary. And then my friend Miracle is asking me a difficult question in front of more than one. I felt like just, I know he meant well, and he's a really good friend, but oh my God, I was, anyway... But it's that's the first time I have ever. I also did a presentation by day in Italy, but at that time I wasn't really aware of myself as I am now. So now that I'm aware, it's like, oh my god, these are 100 people. I have to stand here. That day I had like many of my friends just being like, okay, people who know me actually and might know that uh, this is something that I struggle with. Or like, just come down, you did great. Nini, oh my God. Sometimes I even question myself. Other people don't need all this. Why me? Yeah. Uh, it's so hard. But yeah, I think I can say that was the most difficult affirmation for me. I always felt like I had to be useful in someone's life so that they can love me. But what I've learned is the people who love you, they just love you in your worst and they love you in your best and they love you when you're in the middle. And that love, both platonic and romantic, it exists. And don't don't give up on it. Um, there are friends out here who, who won't make you. Um, there are friends the friends who will be there for you, who will be there when you're when you're at hospital appointments, the friends who know Ever mistakes and they won't say me personally, I have a friend like that. And I really trust her and I love her. And we're really we've been really good friends for a while. Like Mimi says in kidnapiwa, namnataka kuingia or on my phone or maybe you want to know the possible locations where I had been it's really only like two people or three yeah who would really know where I am I, I mean I, I'm blessed I'm really blessed to have a good community like that yeah. mm. so now I just want to say first I love how you read out the phone anxiety thing because I don't I relate heavy and I've also yeah. been trying to find out where that stems from because it's not like I've yeah. ever received very bad news from a phone call or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. You know, I was mm-hmm. actually hoping you'd tell me where you're standing from. Maybe I'd be <laughs> like, wow, okay. 
So that's what no, I'm like. I don't Cause, know. Because <laughs> for real, me, you can call me and I'll just be like, ah, please just text me. Yeah, you know, just text me. Like yeah. even my friends tell you, if there's someone, if you're in an emergency and you want to die, call me because you can be sure. <laughs> you want to die. There are people and you want, want to die. <laughs> Just call Billy because he's the, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But again, what you said, um, how have you learned to detach and understand that your friends and the people around you love you unconditionally without you being smart, without you being beautiful? Has it been, have you actually fully detached from that? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that where obviously you're living in a world where you'll be told, relationships are transactional, no one loves you for mm-hmm. free, whatnot. So, uh, you know, how have you been able, even and sometimes even even though your friends show up for you day in, day out, yeah. sometimes it's very hard to understand. They actually love you, no strings attached, and it's I very know, hard to right? realize that. Oh so, my has God. it been, have you fully detached and understood uh-uh. that they genuinely love you? Ama, there are those days you understand it, and then the days you just go back to That's exactly you know, it. <laughs> mm. you just like yeah that you, you're very right there are days you understand it and then there are days you are like you're questioning it like for me because uh, my friends are doing exams and they were not very active in the group chat and i'm like oh my god guy what has happened what did i do uh, that's just like a lame question to ask but because i know these thoughts i call myself back and i'm like okay and then I learned they were just not in talking in the group chat because they were doing exams. But anyway, at that point is when I realized for real, for real, this thing of detaching, like um, that feeling that you feel no one loves you and that other feeling, um, you know, the question that you've asked is I just take people for their word. That's it. I just, really? say, I just say we are an adult and that's it because ugh, my brother told me to read this book it's called to the four laws of something and one of the laws is the law of assumption like do not assume anything if you have a question ask if you want to do if you feel you need clarification on something ask if you feel like that person hates you ask them do you have a problem with me if you feel like you are not sure about where you stand about with that person ask them where do you stand? And then believe them. They're just adults. Me, I just freeing myself from the shackles of examining people's actions. Um, mm. I don't even know sometimes where they, why they're acting the way they are. And then me, personally, for me, I tend to overthink a lot. So imagine sometimes and then I start connecting it to this time and then I start connecting it to this time. I Sometimes even they are not related. I'm saying this out of personal experience. Sometimes they are related. Sometimes they definitely are. But sometimes they are also not related. And when you're unsure what you do, you just ask as it is. As it mm. is. This is what I feel. This is why I feel like this. I just want to know where you are. And some silence is an answer. And if you have a really good friendship, they will give a very loving and thoughtful answer that as in also need to create safe spaces for each other and not be like, we need to be very accommodative 
of mm. each other as in maybe if your friends friend keeps um if they if they need something accommodative patient and i feel like people are willing to be these things for romantic relationships but not for platonic relationships they are willing to be very forgiving for romantic relationships but for platonic ones um not really like and why is that so by the way i don't even know and mimi i started working on putting more effort in my friendships but now step one is to overcome call anxiety bado niko hapo bado sija overcome so <laughs> if i overcome i'll call my i'd start now calling my friends regularly but we do talk with them like once in a in a while as i try to nini and but what was i going to say yeah an example i saw is i just saw it on tiktok and i was like yeah you have a point like when for example boyfriend yako ama girlfriend yako akukose and then like the same thing like multiple times they do the same thing multiple times you're willing to forgive them those multiple times at because you love them like maybe anaweza kosa like anaweza kosa kukupigia like once twice even 10 times you're always saying the way uh you need to call me because you really want to save this thing sometimes you are a hopeless romantic you want to be in love and all those things so you really try to be understanding but let your friend uh-huh, be like be, be 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 not call you maybe let your friend maybe blue tick you this once my god or maybe amenda like i don't know this particular story the the friend was just late to the birthday dinner and that's how she was cut off and the boyfriend was also late but she did not break up with the boyfriend mm. and i'm like um my point here being we need to put more like at least equal or like a little bit more into our platonic relationships because in our platonic relationships we are not willing to be as forgiving we're not willing yeah. to be as patient with someone i personally have had friends who have been patient with me through thick and thin my god they're like okay okay we can do this again like just i am mean, just thanking god i really have a good community of friends because sometimes these stories i see on twitter about friends doing this i never relate and i'm like lakini nimesema i never relate to jinx too so i never relate kidogo kidogo ni relate to sai but i really don't relate um yeah but i don't know why it's like that do you have any idea why we why i don't know i don't know yeah because for me i'll answer myself why don't we hold such space for our friends and yet yeah. uh, our friends are the people who literally would be with you through thick or thin your oh partner your girlfriend your boyfriend would leave but your friend is a person who's the k the constant yeah you know yeah mm-hmm. but for me as well i can say like personally i have friends who've held for me that space where like even if i'm going to a romantic relationship i'd know this is literally the bare minimum because i'm like, i'm i'm receiving this from my friends already 
So yeah, getting exactly. to toxic cycles would be very, I w- let me not say uh, unheard of because, you know, what of a new like it all the of time. Of course, so... <laughs> development. <laughs> but, you know, like consciously, you know, these are standards you're setting for yourself. These are standards my friends who have, have held these certain spaces for me have mm. held for me. So why would I quote unquote settle for less? But for you, again, yeah. I want to ask you about, you talk about your friend who literally you trust your life. Yeah. So how do you get to that point with <laughs> a friend? Because for me, it's very amusing and very... Yeah. You are telling me that. like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? I-, I didn't know this was like an odd thing. My friend and I, in eight years of friendship... Okay, that's in 15... Um, 2016. Actually, it's two. It's two, two ladies. The one I was telling you about and the other girl. But Glomo is usually just everywhere. So, <laughs> but um, in eight years of friendship, we've only fallen out once. And it was because of a third party. And it was like, okay. Um, but the thing, how I reached there, I think I've spent, if there's two people who know a lot about my life, because every time something happens, I, cons- I consult them or they tell me maybe how, how may- they also tell me their problems. We're just like a really tight-knit community. And the funny thing is we don't even talk that much mm. we don't even talk that much but I was saying how do you me and but I was saying how do you get there I feel for me it's I found a family and love with them where I did not get um back home because everyone was dealing with their own shit back at home and when I went to school, we met in high school, but they were back in Form 1. And that's when the few of us started forming our friendships. And now we are grown eight years later. We are still like, just even, yes, we have grown in very different parts, but we're still very close. Like we my day ones. And um, me and one of them, one of, one of the girls, we've like she introduced me to um a lot of the things I liked and me and the other girl we talk about maybe a lot about spirituality and we're also in law school together and so like it's just blends like everyone has something to talk to with every about with everyone and also together we have so many things to talk about and even when you're in these friendship groups, maybe I don't think all friendship groups are bad. Kill me, sue me, I don't care. <laughs> but not all friendship groups are bad, by the way. And mm. me, I can say my friendship group. But like in Najana relate, but God forbid I'm not relate. God forbid I'm not relate. But wait, what where was I going with this? Um ah, train of thought it akuja too. But I think the three of us uh, yes, this is what I was saying. We need to even in a friendship group, 
each person has to have a relationship with each other before everyone is like yeah. friends because you see when everyone has a relationship with everyone then no one will be talking behind like another person's back and this relationship needs to no questions as in the same we need to be more honest and less disingenuous in our intentions with friendships because sometimes you want to be, be friends with people because of what someone can give you and this why networking for me is so hard i just do not know how to form relationships that seem disingenuous yeah so as in, yeah everyone needs to be honest mm-hmm. uh, in how they form connections with each and every person in the yeah. group yeah yeah and also you don't really need a friendship group to have really tight friends i find that sometimes even the lack there of of a group is better off especially if you don't like if you don't like going out much um but also come on nele wanna like like my other i have i i really okay, i have a very huge circle of female friends who are authentic and um i've not had any problem with them except that one time they were one and a half hour late to the hangout but to resolve you yeko sawa to resolve but um in that tuna elewana like maybe for example at if at this given time only three people can meet those three people will meet us can meet then all of us can meet if two people or like four people can meet then all of, those ones turn the water and there will be no hard feelings because again everyone has a friendship with everyone and it is a deep non-dissing like a deep genuine friendship so aditseme which i see that things that are happening in friendship groups maybe like maybe methem got a big number and then maybe you see two people have gone and then maybe now them they start forming a clique and then now nyinyi wengine mnachwa the original one becomes three I, this is like high school behavior lakini <laughs> but sadly it still it still happens to be genuinely honest it still happens and it just goes all back to what i was saying everyone needs to have a genuine deep friendship with everyone for it to work and it's just the levels of friendships are varied of course kuna mwenye you'll be closer to them than the other it happens obvious but it does not mean that the rest are any less of your friends y'all are tight like like that like eh and pure nilewana but aside from that i have so many friends that don't know each other but they're really great good women and it just works out i just think either mimi i'm too trusting that be as in not not too trusting with the gmental things but with emotions i usually say i'd rather sit down and say i gave my very best love than 
and that person decided to do me dirty, then sit down and say, I did them wrong because they did. Like for me, that is not an energy that I like to carry. I just like, I just want to be myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I just yeah. I do not want to pretend. And if I do have 10 liters of love, I will give you 10 liters of love. And if you give me one liter of love and for me, it's not enough, I will be like, and you are not willing maybe to compensate, uh, not to compensate, like maybe to improve or, because someone who cares will improve. Just, that's just that. Someone who cares will improve. Yeah. And in me, I just want to, how can I put this simply? That. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I'm trying to skip the kidogo. Um, in simple terms, I just want to be your friend because I find you cool and I genuinely have love for you. But if you did me dirty, it's not my fault because Mimi, I just showed you everything that I have. Like, yeah, I just, I'm very accommodating and I've learned that that can make me a doormat sometimes. But I'm no longer, that's just me. This year has been a really good growth spot for me because I moved from so many degrading, self-depreciating traits to self-love and that person who sets boundaries. But I'm, I'm still, I'm not being me. I had a friend give me a really good compliment, Ati. I am very tough, but I'm also sweet at the same time. And I'm like, Okay, okay, yeah, that's what exactly I aim to be. But that's exactly it. I just, I am very assertive now. And so when I say I love you, I genuinely do. And when I say I, you can't be in my life anymore, I genuinely mean it. And that's just me, decentering other people. Not everyone is part of my little universe. If it just includes loving you, I will. But if you hurt me, fine. Once I'm over the heart, Imesha, evil. So I even like how you just talk about the networking thing where, but this is obviously an episode for another day because we'll get into a whole. <laughs> yeah. Episode, but how, like, someone was in tweeting and saying how these days we view people as tools because yeah. that's the whole essence of networking. You don't network because you genuinely care about this person. You're just wanting to bank. Yeah. Them to help you in certain things, but hey, if they were to be run by, over by a bus tomorrow, you really wouldn't care less. Exactly. But that's story for another day. But again, now that you said that this year has been very transformational and very, you know, mind opening for you. Yeah. Um. And you said of definitely also emphasize on being more assertive. Does that yeah. mean you are once a people pleaser? And if so. Again, mm-hmm. how did you now start uh, therapy? Like, what led you into deciding to start therapy, especially in, with our African mindsets and just thinking that, wow, therapy means I'm going crazy or therapy yeah. has some other negative connotation. So for you, what made you decide actually? And how do you even get the support from your folks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And lastly, again, what? how did your OCD manifest? I really wanted to ask that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh now let me start with the 
the OCD. Yeah, then mm-hmm. I can do the therapy. So my OCD is not that cleaning type of OCD. Um, I do have that. It's a symptom that I have, but I really wouldn't call it a symptom. I'm generally a very neat and clean person. But sometimes my room is a mess, especially when I feel like I have no time. And it doesn't bother me. It doesn't trigger me. That's why I think for me, it's not a symptom. It's just a trait that I have. I'm, I'm clean. And, but mine, uh, I think people don't know this type of OCD because it can be demonized. And I actually can't believe I'm about to tell many people this. But <laughs> whatever, I think it's really good to be educated on on mm. that because there's someone out there who is experiencing this and they don't know that they need to be start to start OCD managing mechanisms. But anyway, so there's a type of OCD that triggers intrusive thoughts and obsessiveness, um, something like maybe checking. So. Um, that feeling that sometimes you feel like umetoka kwa nyumba na ukumbuki kama ulizima ta and then maybe you think about it the whole day but at some point you might let it go and be like it's not a big issue but for someone with OCD mm-hmm. um, it's it's something you will obsess over and it will start I don't know it will start feeling like because uliacha yota on everyone is in danger or you are in danger like literal danger against your mortality or something and so you sit there and you obsess it obsess over it every day come like the whole time and see obsessing in it you know sometimes you might during the day unafikiria oh my god niliacha stima alafu unaiacha tu unaendelea na kazi for someone with ocd itafikiria tu uliacha stima uliacha stima uliacha stima uliacha stima you can't even think about something else you literally just have to that's why i love meditation meditation just quiets the thoughts and um, at that point i feel like i'm in control and these are just obsessive thoughts and i can let go you know yeah. um it can also now that's just obsessing or maybe you like or you like say nisipozima is tima hivi mara kumi um it's something bad will happen or sometimes i know of someone who akieka kikombe kwa meza they must tap one two three and then put the the the, the cup on the table so that the cup goes down in even numbers you know mm-hmm. yeah so that's just other, that's the obsessive part of the ocd and now there's another one called um intrusive thoughts where you get thoughts that you don't really want and a lot of people of ocd they start questioning themselves about their thoughts and you start asking yourself um am i a bad person because the thoughts can range from maybe you're holding a knife you're like i'll stab myself right now i have to mm. stab myself it's those are intrusive thoughts just you don't want to do them mm. but they're there and um there's a, on the information sheet i was given when i started to do the therapy for ocd i i now it's like a workbook 
and so they're like personal stories of other people so that you can maybe see you're not alone in the thoughts and all that but personal story in that particular workbook about a man a woman um she gave birth to kids but all she could think about was how they would okay this is i hope no one is triggered by this but trigger warning um how she wanted maybe like she was she would just be washing the utensils and then she feels like i want to stab that child and so at some point she even had to take the child to um to the grandma's and then she took the child and then she went to the hospital and she was told those are intrusive thoughts how to know that you're having intrusive thoughts is when they come to your head you don't want them you kind of feel shame and guilt and you feel bad for having them because the mom was like why why do i have these thoughts i love my child i just why do i have them and you just don't even understand why they're there sometimes they're very self 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 harming because i remember i used to say this as a joke until i went to therapy and i realized it was actually a form of my obsessions when i found myself in a at a high cliff i always felt this it's like something in my head is telling me just jump just jump just jump yeah. and i know i don't want to jump i know the consequences of jumping but the thought is in my head so even in in that high place because my brain keeps on telling me just jump just jump i'm so afraid that i might actually jump yeah it is like <sighs> yeah so at least for me and then intrusive thoughts can be on a mild mild scale and they can be really extra so i think may just have maybe moderate to mild intrusive thoughts sometimes they are bad sometimes they are tolerable sometimes they are silly like maybe you're seated somewhere and then you're like maybe i should go jump on the theater or maybe i should yeah that's that's yeah and what was i going to say again oh yeah and there is also the cleanliness stuff there's also religious obsessions where you convince yourself that if you don't pray like this god will hear your prayers and whenever you miss it you miss one word unarudia tena because god won't hear your prayers like mm. obsessions are so many there's a time in from two i was obsessed with the idea of hell so every time i would go to sleep i would search like things on wikipedia about hell and i and i just that's how i found out um aside from the denominations we actually have different doctrines for christianity we have different theologies and some are very contradicting you wonder who is coming up with this stuff but anyway there's a time i did have that obsession it just ranges from so many things but i can mm. say that manifests yeah mm, interesting so how do you manage it what are your ocd mechanisms meditation i meditate and i've learned to separate if okay with practice you think you learn um you learn to separate the unwanted thoughts 
from the thoughts that are actually your thoughts. I remember my first assignment was to take out a journal and I used to work with a notebook. My therapist told me, work with a notebook and maybe a pen. And every time I would have an unwanted thought, I would find somewhere to just sit. So many places in CBD and in school and the places I used to go that I would find just somewhere where I can sit and write it. And before I continue, it's just, if you want to heal, you really have to be intentional. Like the intentionality has to exceed your, I don't even know. You really have to be there for yourself and show up for the healing. But yeah, so if when my therapist told me to carry a notebook, I did notebook and whenever I would have an intrusive thought I would write that intrusive thought and I would say maybe like write something to me that it is not my thought and I can overcome it and like why I don't want to do this this is unwelcomed yeah and doing that a lot made me figure out this is an intrusive thought and this is not a this is a thought I want to entertain this is an intrusive thought and this is a thought I want to entertain. So, yeah, it's been, that's how I manage it. I don't carry my notebook anymore because mm-hmm. I've already practiced and I've become relatively, I won't say good, but I don't need my notebook to figure out which are the intrusive thoughts anymore. So back to how you started therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a breakdown and I felt so lost and a lot of it was by luck. Just I found a link offering free therapy and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll just register. I don't even like what is the worst that could happen. I've been saying how I need therapy. My dad works at a place where they do provide him with um, good medical insurance. And so the insurance has mental health services, but the catch is it's from Christian counselors. And (laughs) in as much as I'm a practicing Christian, I would not go to a Christian counselor because I do not want to be told to just pray about it. Probably that's a misconception that I have about Christian counselors. But what I've had from friends who have gone to is that basically instead of trying to help you solve the problem, they are going to tell you how um, God is the one who solved the problem. I just don't know. I just, I've never tried one. Maybe I should try one but I'm comfortable with the therapist that I have right now. But anyway, through the free therapy link, I got a good therapist and we just clicked. And she's been really helpful. On the first ever, when I registered and she was forwarded my contact, the first thing that she said was, she video called me. And for me, I'm like, this new person is video calling me. Oh my God, please no. But I just picked up because mm. I didn't know what was going on or if she needed something from me. And it was really good. And I think from that interaction, I just felt like I could be comfortable with her. And that's how I started therapy. But that's late last year. Last year. Yeah, late last year. 
Yeah. And how has the journey been? Has it been happy, very emotional? Because in our episode, I just talked to someone about how sometimes we've built our identities um, based on our traumas. So mm. we don't know who we are without these traumas because they've quote unquote made who, us who we are today. And so we don't yeah. go for therapy, do our shadow work, do our journaling because we're afraid that if we heal from this trauma, then who is Billy really without this trauma? You know. Exactly. Oh my God, I relate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I feel like I would not even be have made this tremendous amount of growth that I've made without my therapist, to be honest. She puts mm-hmm. things in perspective. And for me, I really trust my therapist um, in terms of even asking her for crisis advice. And she's so accommodating. Of course, we, you work through the workbook for dealing with OCD, dealing with anxiety. But if you have a pending crisis, that's what we'll talk about. And I feel like it really, even in that crisis, you can still learn how to better deal with yourself when you are... Yeah, so for me, it's been really a a life-changing experience. I would so, so recommend everyone to just therapy and you can try so many therapists until you find the right one for you me I was just lucky I found one that was accommodative at the jump and we just hit it off at the jump but I haven't been because of cuts and stuff but Mm. I'll be back soon and I'm really excited. There's a lot I want to talk about, especially this period that we haven't been communicating with my therapist. I have like tea <laughs> that yeah. I want to say <laughs> that I want to talk about and see her perspectives and just listen to her counsel and maybe tell me more about why things are the way they are because that's another thing about me. I'm very logical and technical sometimes i want to know why things work they work the way they are i want to know the actual names of things which really frustrate doctors because i will be inquisitive about what's happening and what's happening with my body i've actually had a doctor pull a google image and this this is what we're looking for what you have is not it Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I think yeah, and also being very intentional with therapy. I won't miss therapy if I don't need to miss therapy. I will be there. I will do the assignment that she gives. I will use the techniques that she she maybe recommends, and I also go out of my way to find like you really need to realize where you want to go healing has no destination but it has stop points just Mm. just realize that i want to get this stop point and just show up for yourself that way every every day and if you're intentional like that even therapy will work because you'll actually be listening to the advice and doing what you're being told yeah Mm. Mm, interesting. So, in short, you'd 100% recommend therapy. 
may i would i would may okay what you say me if you want some insight on where to start with your healing journey go to a therapist at least get that starting point and you feel like it's not for you where and the layer but you don't know how much even one session with a therapist opens your mind and you're mm. like okay okay this is maybe how my brain works sometimes um you even akikwambia this is what we're doing you research more on it and i me personally i just i i cannot let myself down yeah in a way that at mimi i'm being lax with the betterment of myself and my self development and i feel like maybe na isema like it's easy but it's not it's just very intentional like yeah yeah hmm so i think uh i'll let the ladies and us to the bushan portfolio the bushan tell us what they thought about this episode because you've brought a lot of insight i think this episode is very heavy but at the same time like yeah. very insightful I'm you happy know. to have spoken. I was so scared, but I'm happy I spoke. <laughs> ah, thank you. Now you can go for yeah. another shower if you need yeah. to. Not <laughs> just cool down. <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe shower, maybe some music. I don't know, but I'm going to eat my food first. <laughs> yes. And yeah. I think we'll obviously need to do another episode where you'll tell us how for you, you like knew you had anxiety. And, okay. you know, like sometimes I've seen videos of guessing like people pretend they have anxiety but what they think they have is not really anxiety so they should be sure. mindful you know Positive. and yeah how your environment at home has been your friends and again yeah. how you th- told us to call them the people who caused your trauma the perpetrators how, of the my perpetrators. trauma <laughs> <laughs> yeah how have you helped in the journey you know yeah. Yeah. so have a lovely week ahead folks and yeah. cheers the good the bad and the busherian the good the bad and the busherian and folks you're listening to the good the bad and the busherian